gateway to heaven. Going back to house churches. Okay. I have two stories I want to tell you. Uh, <laughs> one which you, you're quite familiar with and another you may not know. I'm going to have to go faster. Sorry for those who are translating. Um, it's, um, it's, going, it's getting late. Yeah, okay. Uh, the first one is a very familiar story, and I'll, I'll just give you the, the, the context. It's, it's, it's Jacob. It's a, good, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty good guy, you know, Jacob. Well, actually, he's, a, he's kind of a deceit, you know, he kind of, and, and uh, he's, he's, a, he's a thief, you know. He, he stole the birthright, and, uh, you know, Jacob, you know, that one, that Jacob, you know. And uh, he's got an issue with his brother, and so he's, he's off. He's off to running, man. He's getting out of his brother's face real fast. He's not going to stick around town. And so he takes off. And, and he goes a certain distance. And just before he leaves Israel, just before he gets out of the country, because he's got he's to get past the border, okay? His brother is stark raving mad. Don't ask me how to translate that. I don't know. The rabioso, his brother. So he's got to get out of there. And he gets, just before he crosses the border, here's the, over here, here's the border, just before, he decides to camp out the night. He's a little bit tired, and so he pulls up a rock for a pillow and sleeps. I guess he was tired. <laughs> if that rock worked okay for him, yeah, wow. He gets his rock, and he, he, he lies down on it. He goes to sleep. And he has this vision. And so often we hear this vision called the vision of Jacob's ladder, but that's a misnomer. That's a misnomer. It's not Jacob's ladder. It's the angel's ladder. Jacob never touched that ladder. He never went up and down that ladder. The angels did. They came all the way from God. And he had this tremendous word from God. He got that night while he was sleeping on that rock. And when he woke up, <laughs> I love what he said. It says, Jacob woke up from his sleep and he said, God is in this place truly. And I didn't even know it. He was terrified. And he whispered in awe, incredible, wonderful, holy. This is God's house. The gateway to heaven. Tremendous experience. A few years ago, I wrote a message of what's up to a friend of mine in the community. And I told him, I said, uh, you know, um, we need to see our house churches as the gateway to heaven. But I, I didn't, I hadn't read this. I hadn't read this scripture. I, I have to confess here my laziness. I hadn't read this scripture probably since seminary. Because I'm not an Old Testament student. I'm, an, I'm a New Testament. I, I love Greek. I love the New Testament. I spend most of my time in the New Testament. I spend most of my teaching in the New Testament. I enjoy the Old Testament, but I don't spend a lot of time. I hadn't read that text. 
And I said, we, I, and I got this idea of the gateway of heaven from, from my, I said, we need to call them el portal del cielo. And I got the idea from a shopping center close to where I live called Portal Nuño. And the Portal Nuño has a gateway that you go through to get into the shopping center. I said, that's it. And Portal Nuño, Nuño, Nuño is the sector of town where I live. Okay. And so I said, that's it. We need to, we need to see our house churches as the Portal del Cielo. That phrase, the gate of heaven, stood out like with blazing red letters when I read that just a few months ago, preparing for this conference. I don't know how, but I crashed into that text with Jacob, and the phrase came out, Porta del Cielo in Spanish, the gateway to heaven. And I, that's it. That's the phrase. That's what I wrote a few years ago to a friend of mine. And I went back and looked and exactly what God had given me way back then. But I just left it there. I didn't do anything with it. And then I'm preparing for this. I crash into that text and into those letters. Wow. Yes. That's the phrase God had given me. Wonderful story. Wonderful experience that Jacob had. Wonderful phrase. Gateway to heaven. I want to tell you a second story. This one you don't know. You don't know. Diometres went about his daily life as usual. The same old thing day after day. The, you know, the routine. Boring. Wow. He's thinking, wow, there's got to be more in life than this. I need something. I don't know what it is, but wow. And fate doesn't help Diometres. No, the gods are powerless to help him. Nothing ever changes. Diometres has another problem, too. He's sick. He's sick. His life is fast fading between cough and fever. The doctors can't diagnose his case. Because it's not a common case in ancient Greece. There seems to be no cure, so he just waits. For what? He doesn't know. The uncertain clouds of his future start rolling in. This is Diometrius. And one day, some of Diometrius' friends invite him to, to have a drink at the home where one of them is staying. Uh, ah, There'll be some other interesting people there too, they said to him. And uh, so Diometrius decides, what have I got to lose? I might as well go. And so he decides to go. After all, he didn't have anything else to do on a Wednesday evening. Nothing to lose. So while they're all having fika, and some, I guess in ancient Greece they had fika, while they're all having fika with some good coffee and some good fresh, uh, those cinnamon rolls that you guys... Have, yeah, right? One of the guys, uh, one of them, 
one of Dimitri's friends, no, 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 excuse me, excuse me, someone whom Dimitrius has never seen, stands up and, and, and starts to speak. And he starts off by saying, you know, there's someone here tonight, you know, who, and then he proceeds to tell Diometri's story without ever having seen him before in his life. He tells about his frustration, about his boredom, even about his illness. And before the speaker finishes, Dimitris realizes it's his story that's being revealed. How did you know? He asks. Who told you these things? Which one of my friends has been talking behind my back? This is crazy, Dimitris says. Something, something weird's going on here. The friends, they pray for Dimitris. He feels the love. He feels the touch. He recognizes that whatever it is you have, I don't know, but it's powerful. And we say that it's just God doing what God does every day. That's what they tell Diometrius. Will Diometrius be converted? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. That's not the issue. No. The issue is that he had the opportunity to have a God experience. He was shown the gateway to heaven. Going back to Jacob, Jacob didn't know anything about having a quiet time or how to seek the Lord. He was just trying to get out of his brother's face. It was like, it's like it is today, God was seeking Jacob, not Jacob looking for God. Jacob was looking for, he was trying to save his hide. Salvarse el pellejo. He was trying to save his hide. Yeah. He's not seeking it, but God's after Jacob. And Jacob, though he wasn't expecting anything unusual at all, has this tremendous experience, this tremendous God experience. Jacob was part of a plan, just like you. Just like me. In Genesis 28, God spoke to Jacob. In 1 Corinthians 14, God spoke to our visitor. Maybe his name was Demetrius. The house church, the church, the church is the house of God. It's where God lives. Understand that. 
we have to we have to cross this dimension. This this this. Uh, oh, sorry. There we go. We have to cross this dimension, this this invisible dimension. Heaven is not out there. Heaven is here. The spirit world is real. More real than the material and much more permanent than the material world. God, the angels, the demons, they all cohabit the same space with us. They are here. Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here. He occupies the same space we do. We are material. He is not material, but he is real. And he is here amongst us, sitting beside us. The angels and the demons also. We've got to get past this seen and unseen barrier. God, Jesus set us in the heavenlies, los epuranos, in Christ Jesus. Where do you live today? I asked you where you were from. You're from heaven. Where do you live today? You are seated. You are seated in the heavenlies. Paul says it. That's not future. That's now. That is now. Men have seen angels because angels can materialize themselves because they cohabit here. They are the, the spirits who, who are sent by God to care for his children. They are real. They exist. And they live here. Or we live there. I don't know. <laughs> but we've got to get past this dimension between seen and unseen. If we don't, why do you pray? Who's listening? God inhabits the entire universe is what Psalm says. And where are you? <laughs> you see, God is in his house and his house is the church. That's where God lives. Paul says you are citizens with everyone else who belongs to the family of God. You are like a building with the apostles and the prophets as a foundation and with Christ as the most important stone. Christ is the one who holds the building together and makes it grow into a holy temple for the Lord. And you are part of that building. Christ has built as a place for God's own spirit to live and that is us the dwelling place of God or as Eugene Peterson puts it every house has a builder mm. every house has a builder but the builder behind them all is God. 
Moses did a good job in God's house, but, but it was all servant work. Getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as son is in charge of the house. Now we are that house. Hallelujah. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. That is us. That's who we are. God is here. God is there. In your home. When the church meets in your home. And when it doesn't. God is there. Hallelujah. He's there. We wake up every morning. We say, good morning, God. What time did you get up? <laughs> oh, he never sleeps. But he's always there. God is there. The church is the true dwelling, the very presence of God on earth. And while Jesus was alive, he was God with us. But now the church is God in us. Jesus said it himself, he had to go away. Because if he didn't, he couldn't send the Spirit. Because the Spirit is everywhere once. While Jesus was on earth, he was in one physical location. He said, it's a lot better for me to go away. Because somebody else is coming. And he's everywhere. And he's everywhere. Now the church is God in us. On earth as it is in heaven, the church is a place, an event where people can have an encounter with God through his power and by his word. Power to reveal, heal, and set people free. Yeah. And the word of hope and salvation, the most important ministry of the church, my friends, is the ministry of reconciliation. The gateway to heaven. And sometimes, many times, we must do what the prophet of old said. Oh, God is in his holy temple. Quiet, everyone! Holy silence. Let's listen. Let's listen. <laughs>